Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. So those of you who listen to the Armstrong and Getty show a little or a lot are familiar with the fact that we have been pushing for Professor Joshua Clover of the University of California, Davis, to get booted off a campus for repeatedly advocating the killing of cops. David French, who is the is a senior writer for the National Review and senior fellow at the National Review Institute, uh, wrote a piece recently that uh, is entitled, There's a Fake Outrage Machine on the Right Also, and suggests that we are part of said fake outrage machine. Oh, there's a fake outrage machine on both sides, no doubt about it. Absolutely true. This is not one of those instances. We disagree, but uh, so we've invited Mr. French to come on the show and talk about the issue in general and in our little uh, corner of the world. David, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are y'all? Excellent. Hey, listen, uh, we're especially interested in having this discussion with you because before... Uh, we we joined in the call to get rid of this guy. We discussed both on and off the air whether it was the sort of thing which we hate, which is calling for somebody's job because we don't like something they said, as opposed right. to calling for someone's job for uh, you know a serious offense, something deserving of it. And right. we have the stance of if somebody says something crazy. And then they say, ah, I lost my head, or I was trying to make a joke, or whatever. We let people, okay, fine then. Left, right, and center. On. I can respect that. Yeah, you should right. be able to move on from that. This guy has been asked repeatedly, you actually mean that? Yeah, I think cops should be murdered. So wh- what are we getting wrong, in your opinion? Well, there's a, so there's a legalistic aspect of this that isn't pregnant, uh, isn't pregnant, isn't present in, uh, say, the Tucker Carlson case that I think is important. And then there is uh, sort of the cultural aspect. So the legalistic aspect of it is that because he's a public employee, 
he enjoys First Amendment rights. And as repugnant as that speech is, it's protected by the First Amendment. The, there are there, There's a long line of case law that indicates that even if you're talking about violence, even if you talk, for example, about the violent overthrow of the U.S. government, even if you talk, there's a Supreme Court case involving someone who is saying that uh, if he was drafted, the first thing he'd do when he got a rifle is go after President Johnson, uh, that there is a wide berth of protection, even for speech this repugnant. And so, therefore, you have a First Amendment issue present here in the case. And, and the fact speech, that he's though, a, a public official factors in exactly how for folks who aren't into this sort of thing? Yeah. So a public official is able to speak uh, on a matter of what's, what's called a matter of public concern, which generally means a matter of public controversy. So uh, they're going to enjoy First Amendment protected rights. So, for example, if I'm um, upset because uh, someone keeps drinking too much of the coffee in the faculty lounge, that's not a matter of public concern. But police community relations definitely are a matter of public concern. So uh, public employees still have these First Amendment rights, especially when they're not speaking in their official capacity. Uh, okay, fair enough. That's even, the, the legalistic part of it. I'm curious about yeah, the other half. Yeah. So the other part of it is, and this is something that I'm, I'm concerned about in particular, is so there is a difference in my mind between um, – let, let, me, let me just move it to like the, the, the Fox News scenario let, to, to help sort of understand the differences. So Tucker Carlson is going about his business. Um, some of the things he says on his show are controversial, some are not. What Media Matters does is not – it critiques his show, of course, but what Media Matters does is it goes back, finds a bunch of old things that he says, and brings them forward as a new controversy to say, you know, you called Iraqis primitive, semi-literate monkeys. What do you have to say about that? And the reason why I call that fake outrage is it's not because – it's not that um, it's fake to be upset – at the primitive semi-literate monkeys, it's that the whole enterprise, the whole exercise of digging around in somebody's past with the hope of finding something really bad is a process that's destructive and people who are engaged in it, it's not like when the media matters found this quote by Tucker, that they immediately started weeping for the hurt feelings of Iraqis. Right. It was, yes, we've got him now. And one of the things that I think is disturbing that I have seen happen time and time again on college campuses is there's there's a version of this that occurs, often involving relatively obscure professors who are quite radical. Either it's something they might say, you know, in contemporary, you know, they, they might publish an article or have an appearance on MSNBC or whatever, or you know, you go through, you don't like them, you hear they're radical, so you go through and you try to find something that they've said that's really, really bad. And then it doesn't mean it's not bad that what they've said, but the entire enterprise, the entire object here is to find the offensive speech, elevate the offensive speech, and then uh, punish the offensive speaker. Right, okay. And, and that's what I object to. Okay, and, and well said, well said, and we agree with you actually on that point. Counterpoint, uh, Students on campus. He's a jerk. That's my counterpoint. In a, that's a, in a strong point made. <laughs> well, well said. Um, students on campus had been hearing there's a professor that advocates killing cops, and they thought that was amazing. So they set about trying to figure out if it was true and who was saying it. And they found this Professor Clover and his tweets from 2014 and and an 
an interview, a rather lengthy interview with San Francisco Weekly, I believe it was. And and frankly, David, I was a little surprised you left this quote out of your article because it's awful. And it's one that's been discussed over and over again. People think that cops need to be reformed. They need to be killed. Okay. Having said that, in Davis, California, a five-minute walk from various university facilities, a young police officer was gunned down in cold blood, slaughtered, 22-year-old woman, gunned down. And in the wake of that shooting, Clover stands by his remarks and says, currently, I have nothing. Well, he has refused to, to change his opinion. He's refused to change what he says, to soften it, to walk it back, anything. So he stands there in the community pro-cop killing as cops are gunned down. Now, uh, the First Amendment, I'm a First Amendment freak, and I love, I love protections that go that far. I don't resent them. I like them. On the other hand, there have to be things so repugnant, so awful, that the community as a whole can say, no, tenure will not protect you. Especially well, given given the monochromatic ideology of college campuses, the people have to have a say in how people's universities are run. Now, I, I'm not for a witch hunt for everybody who goes against the you know the the 51 percent majority view because that would lead to, to exactly what you know we don't want to happen. Well, yeah, I I understand what you're saying, and I would say that there is there are actual legal doctrines that support that there is speech that is so dangerous, for example, that it can be punished. And for example, uh, speech that can be punished is speech that's inciting or incitement. Uh, And now someone might say, well, his speech was incitement because he advocated for cops, uh, killing cops, and a cop was actually killed, which is horrifying. Um, But incitement has legal definitions. And and so actual incitement isn't, incitement involves trying to ask people or demand that people engage in imminent lawless action. So imagine you're on the courthouse steps and you've got a pitchfork uh, wielding mob in front of you with torches and you say, this is one of my fantasies, by the way, go on. (laughs) In that case, what you've got is incitement because you're inciting imminent lawless action. But otherwise, you know, and there are other kinds of speech like obscenity and uh, child pornography and kinds of direct targeted harassment of individuals. So there's lots of things where um, uh, speech can be limited and regulated uh, and is not protected by the Constitution. This is not one of those circumstances. Man, I think it's slicing it pretty thin, whether it's incitement or not. But um, just in general, I I know it's actually not. It's pretty clear under the jurisprudence, which doesn't make it any less repugnant. I mean, that's the thing that we have to say is, there's a you can condemn the heck out of this guy and should he's awful he's terrible uh, but the difference is when do you go from condemning him and condemning his speech and in this case in this case is when we do right. um and this doesn't refute your argument but if he were uh if he mentioned regularly in class i think abortion is murder or that i'm a donald trump supporter how, how long do you think he would last <laughs> Standing up for those free speech comment- comments. Yeah, he would not last long, and then he'd win his federal lawsuit. I mean, this is this is something that happens all the time on college campuses. Is colleges are uh, impose ridiculous double standards on speech, 
And it's one reason why they lose in federal court time and time again, because they will bring down the hammer on certain kinds of speech and stand up as guardians of the First Amendment on other kinds when the when justice when when uh, when the actual First Amendment requires viewpoint neutrality from them. And so they lose cases. Heck, I've litigated against colleges for more than two decades. And that's going to be satisfying work again. (laughs) Yeah, there was a time I I I don't know if it's still true, but it, it might be. But there was a time when I think I'd sued more universities than any uh, other constitutional lawyer in the U.S. And and what ends up happening is these universities lose these cases time again, pay attorney's fees, pay damages. Uh, but you're right. The double standard is very real. And you see Davis has been uh, is is has had its own issues with double standards sure. in the not too distant past. Right. David French, senior writer for National Review, senior fellow at the National Review Institute. And uh, a joiner in of people disagreeing and not hating each other. How (laughs) how lovely. David, hey, uh, a real pleasure. Thank you for the time. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, let's do it again. Thanks. Yeah, well, you know, you get a whole bunch of lawyers together, you get different opinions. I don't agree with him that it is not a pretty thin difference. At a time when cops are being gunned down around the country Mm -hmm. for a professor to say, I think cops should be killed, I don't think it it is clearly not inciting violence against cops, as David French does. Well, and I would love to see the case adjudicated of a professor who repeatedly uh, expresses something not only illegal but horrific and repugnant that arguably has had horrible, repugnant results. And the if the board or the chancellors, what's the term, whatever, the, the poobahs of the University of California all say, we can't have this guy teaching young people and get rid of them. I'd like to see that case tried. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. I'd like to hear the arguments. We do have clips of the week coming up, which we yes! should get to. Anytime we talk universities, you always play... Pomp, pomp and circumcision. Yeah. Is, is there any? Uh, are there any other choices, Michael? Look the for theme some other stuff. from Back to College or uh, Animal House. Or, okay. What's I'll your look. alma mater? Play the fight song. Right, Just, the Notre Dame fight song. Something. I admit I'm being lazy. All right then. Awesome. All Our, is forgiven. What do you think? Our text line four one five two nine five KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience. Of the nation. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
I'm late. I'm late. Very, very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.